0: Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at bethesdachurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. You're in a series on the Holy Spirit entitled My Best Friend, and you're probably wondering why the chair is up here. Uh, About a week and a half ago, um, as many of you know, I've started running, but my Achilles tendon on my right leg got extremely sore, so I was trying to protect it. It got better, but I went out to run again, and I overcompensated on the left foot, and now it's like a tennis ball on the inside and outside of my ankle. Uh, So I may need a chair. I didn't use it at 8.30, so hopefully I won't need it, but it's here just in case. I'm excited about this series um, on the Holy Spirit, talking about Him being our best friend. Um, And we've taken a different angle in this series because we've been talking not so much about the power of the Holy Spirit, which is what we are accustomed to talking about when we talk about the Holy Spirit or the gifts, but we've been talking about our relationship with Him, how that we can develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. In week one, we looked at the fact that the Holy Spirit is a person. And, and, and if we can see him as a person, then we will go deeper in that relationship. Last week, we looked very specifically at the benefits that the Holy Spirit brings into our life. That when we get saved and the Holy Spirit comes into our heart, he begins to renovate uh, and, and change us from the inside out. But not only does he change us, but he, he brings some benefits. And we talked about that last Sunday Um, this week we're going to talk about gifts from a gift from gifts from a friend is what we're going to call this gifts from a friend and to get started, how many of you have ever received a bad gift from a friend? Come on, raise your hand. If they're sitting close to you, don't worry about it. They don't know you're talking about them. We've all received a bad gift, right? Uh, you know, a cat magazine or cat calendar, You know, uh, a magazine that that, uh, you're going to get every month. You know, that's the gift that keeps on giving. Um, And and, and what usually happens in that moment that we get a a bad gift is our brain has to start speaking to our face. You know what I'm talking about. Because in that moment, your brain says you need to quit looking at this the way you're looking at it. You need to smile and say, oh, my, thank you so much. And what we're really doing in that moment is we're looking for a receipt because we're thinking about I'm taking it back. Or we're cryptically asking, where did you find such a wonderful gift? Because we're going to Google that store's return policy, right? We're going to find out. And if we can't take it back, then what we do is we simply bring out the gift only when that friend is coming over, right, so that they can see it. Uh, We've all done that. Um, But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, a lot of us get weirded out when we hear Holy Spirit and gift in the same sentence. And the reason for that is we have seen it, we we have seen the Holy Spirit abused, we've seen the gifts of the Spirit abused, we've had bad teaching. Some of us have been a part of a church that says you need to stay away from anyone who talks about the Holy Spirit. But what you need to know, unlike a bad gift from a friend, the Holy Spirit wants to bring some amazing gifts into your life. Come on, hit your neighbor and tell your neighbors, these gifts are amazing. Come on, that's the wrong neighbor. Find another one. Tell them, these gifts are amazing. All right? Now, let's go to the Scripture. Let's go to the Scripture and look at what Paul says about spiritual gifts. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14:1, he said, Pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts. Pursue love but desire earnestly spiritual gifts. Paul is telling us that spiritual gifts is something we should desire. Spiritual gifts is something we should seek after. That that this is something so powerful in our life that we need to go after. We need to desire them earnestly that God is using us in these gifts. What we have to understand this morning is that when you get saved, when you are spiritually born, At that moment, when the Holy Spirit moves into your life, you are given spiritual gifts, all right? Hit your neighbor and tell your neighbor, you got some gifts. You, You have some gifts. At the moment you get saved, you are given gifts. Every believer, no one excluded, has some spiritual gifts. They have some divine abilities. But the key to those gifts is your friendship With the Holy Spirit. That as you build on that friendship with the Holy Spirit, it will unlock the gifts that God has for you. And so that's what we're going to look at today is that we have gifts from a friend. That the Holy Spirit is our friend and he has some gifts for us. And the obvious question that we have to ask is that if, if these gifts are not bad, which we've clarified, I, I think we can take Paul's word for it, right? If these gifts are not bad, then why are there so many issues regarding spiritual gifts? Why, why are there so many abuses? Why do we struggle with it? And I think 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 um, gives us some, uh, an indication of, of the problem they had even back In in, uh, the Corinthian church, look at this verse, 1 Corinthians 12 and 1. Paul says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. I love that. Some translation says, I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to understand fully what these gifts are. And what I want to do, and I'm going to make this real simple so that we can gain understanding, and you can write these down. They'll be on your screen, or if you've opened the Bethesda app, you can fill in the blanks. It's a great way to study and email it to yourself so that you'll have the notes. But I want to hit the six misconceptions of spiritual gifts. Six misconceptions, all right? Number one, the first misconception that I want to hit today is that we think they are the fruit of the Spirit. We confuse the gifts of the Spirit with the fruit of the Spirit. Sometimes I will hear, uh, hear well-meaning Christians say, Well, Pastor, I just don't have the gift of love. I don't have the gift of patience. I, I don't have the gift of joy. And I would say you are correct. Those are not gifts. That's called the fruit of the Spirit. Now, what you need to know about those is that every believer should exhibit all the fruit. So even though love and joy and patience are not gifts, they are fruit. And the difference between fruit and gifts is that gifts are given instantly. You don't earn a gift, right? But fruit takes time to develop. And I think we struggle when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit because it takes time to develop that. And so that's one of the reasons I'm more impressed when I see the fruit of the Spirit than the gifts of the Spirit, because gifts can be given automatically where it takes time to develop fruit. I think sometimes we get discouraged with the gifts because we see someone operate in a gift, but their level of maturity hasn't caught up with their gift. And so it it causes us to look at gifts in a negative light. And so here's what I would tell you about, about the gifts of the Spirit, about the fruit of the Spirit. It's important that we understand this morning, uh, that we've all met someone that has used the God card as an excuse for their bad attitude. We've all heard people use the God card to make an excuse for their bad attitude, but there is no spiritual gift called tell it like it is. (laughs) That's not a gift, all right? Operating in a spiritual gift is not a license for you to be rude. And what I've learned about some people is, is that they have a gift, but because they don't have the fruit of the Spirit, nobody wants to receive their gift. Because you may be able to prophesy all day long, but if you don't have love, patience, and joy, I don't want to hear your prophecy. It's good preaching. <laughs> that the gifts should flow out of the fruit. All right, It takes time to develop fruit, but the gifts are given uh, when we get saved. And, and let me say it like this. We should, we should demonstrate the personality of Jesus as much as the power of Jesus. Some of us, we, we want power, but we don't want purity. We want signs and wonders, but we don't want gentleness and kindness. We can go home now. Now look at this. Let's look at number two, misconception number two. We value the gifts more than the giver. We value the gifts more than the giver. For some Christians, there has been a disproportionate interest in the gifts. We want the gifts, but we don't want the giver of the gifts. And, and some people will even go as far as judging a worship service by, by the amount of gifts in operation. They, they will say, well, there was a prophecy, there was a word of wisdom, there was tongues and interpretation of tongues, God was there. But today, we just had worship and Pastor Chad preach, God wasn't there. Come on, smile at me. Let me give you a couple of things about that kind of thinking. Number one, it's very poor theology because God is omnipresent. Every time we gather together in the name of Jesus, he said, I will be in the midst of that, right? I will be in the middle of that. The second thing is that the error that they have, that they, they have demonstrated is that they value the power of the Holy Spirit over knowing the person of the Holy Spirit. And so we have to be careful because it's equivalent of me coming home and expecting Karen to give me a kiss and have dinner ready, and at the same time, she's got her hand out saying, where's your paycheck? (laughs) That we're just together for what we can do for each other. Does that make sense? And some of us treat the Holy Spirit no different. We don't want to know him. We don't want to know what his heart is. We just want his gifts. And so we have to value not just the gifts, but the giver of the gifts. Now, the prize of our faith is not a demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Now, I understand the importance of demonstrating. You know, Paul said, I didn't come with enticing words of men's wisdom. I came in demonstration. But the prize of our our faith is not demonstrating, you know, what the Holy Spirit can do. The prize of our faith is deepening our relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's what it's really about, getting to know him. We don't sing to get him to move. We sing because it moves us to him. All right? Misconception number three, we mistake abuses for the norm. We mistake abuses for the norm. 1 Corinthians fourteen twenty-three. look at what Paul had to talk about. He said, if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues... And some who do not understand or some unbelievers come in, they will not say or will they not say, you are out of your mind. Okay? Now, you got to picture this because Paul is dealing with a church where everybody has a prophecy, everybody has a tongue, everybody's got a word, everybody's got a song. Now, how many know if we flowed like that, we would have mass confusion? That if everybody had a prophecy, everybody got a tongue, everybody got a word, then we would have all kinds of confusion. And the Apostle Paul is saying that we, we can't let everybody share a word. How many are we gonna be here a while if we do that? Some of y'all be hungry. Now, I unfortunately, unfortunately, I have been a part of churches that have abused the gifts. Okay? I I have. Uh, I've, I've been a part of churches that, that have abused the gifts. As a matter of fact, one of the churches I was a part of when I was called into ministry, and I, I, I want to preface what I'm saying because I want you to understand that just because a place or church or a person is abusing something doesn't mean that they don't have the real deal, okay? Because I've benefited from the gifts that were in operation in this church. But I say that to say this, in that church, they love the gifts. Every service we prophesied, Every service, we laid hands on each other. Every service, we fell out on the floor together. Every service, we cried together. The problem was is that every service was about us. Every service was not about what the Holy Spirit wanted to do in unbelievers' lives. It was all about what the Holy Spirit wanted to do in our lives. And so we saw it abused. And yeah, Can I tell y'all a story? Y'all want to know a story where it was abused? Y'all are like, no, nah, I'm not sure, right? <laughs> well, let, let me give you this, all right? I want you to, to grasp this, because I wouldn't be in ministry today without this church. Wouldn't be, because I, I benefited from the gifts. But on one occasion, there was a lady who attended this church who, she wore these flamboyant, flowing dresses. Like, it, it looked like when she came into the room, she wasn't walking, she was floating. You know what I'm talking about? That's what it looked like. But everything she talked about was so super spiritual that that it weirded some people out. Because everything, I mean, she told me one time that when you get home, there's going to be a demon of depression sitting on your swing, swinging, waiting on you to get home. I'm thinking, thank you for the encouragement. You know, (laughs) thank you. Appreciate it. On one occasion, though, we were leaving church, but she stopped me and my brother, and she looks at us. All right, you got to picture this. Flowing dress, everything spiritual, very intimidating woman. She looks at us and right in the eyeballs and she says, God shows me things about people and stares at me. (laughs) Guys, I had just preached, but you know what I thought in that moment? I'm going to hell. The gift of the Spirit has just confirmed that I'm going to hell. Before service started, I thought me and Jesus were good, but because of your spiritual gift, I'm burning in the eternal lake of fire, right? You have to understand spiritual gifts are meant to build up, not tear down. We should never use a gift to make people feel worse about themselves. Come on, people are are carrying heavy enough burdens, so what, what good is it for me to look somebody, you know, with those piercing eyes and tell them God shows me things about people? Yeah. You know, who, who wants, you know, I don't want that gift, right? You know, it, it weirded me out. And so, um, and what I learned is, is this truth. The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird, right? It's not the Holy Spirit, it's people, Come on, you've been to Walmart. (laughs) Come on, there's some weird people at Walmart. But it don't stop you from going to get your milk and your haircut, whatever else you're doing there. You go in spite of the weird people. I came by to tell you, there's some weird people in church. But that shouldn't stop you from coming to the house of God to worship Jesus. (laughs) Holy Spirit's not weird, people are. Come on, hit your neighbor and say, people are weird. All right. Y'all let me come back next week, all right? And at the, at, at the core of people abusing these gifts is a desire to be seen. That's really what it's about. They don't want to bring attention to God, they want to bring attention to themselves. And that's where we start seeing these gifts being abused. And, and what we know is that you can't be filled with the Spirit as long as you're filled with yourself. That will preach. And some people are too filled with self to be empowered by the Spirit. The anointing of, of God's presence is, is the special presence of God on your life. First Corinthians 12 and 11 says that, that all of us have an anointing, that, that God's presence is on our life. And, and that this, this presence is applied to our life by the Spirit as He determines. Okay? So so we, you don't need to look at somebody operating in gifts and be mad at them, all right? The, the Holy Spirit distributes those gifts as it pleases Him. He determines that, okay? Jesus told us in Luke 4, He said, The Spirit of God is upon me because He's anointed me, To preach the gospel to the poor, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. You have to notice that all these things that he said the Spirit of God is upon me to do, it wasn't for himself. You are anointed not for you. You are anointed for others. So that God's presence is on your life, not so that you can prophesy or, be, or benefit from the gifts in your own life, that, that God's presence is on your life to help somebody else, okay? That's why the anointing, that's why the presence of God is on your life. Um, and so John 16, 14, we talked about it the last couple of weeks, that the Holy Spirit's work is to glorify Christ, Okay? That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to glorify Christ, but many many people, instead of giving God the glory, they bring attention to themselves, and that's what was happening in the Corinthian church, because everybody had a tongue, everybody had a word, everybody had a prophecy. It became chaotic, and the unbelievers thought that these people were crazy. The same would be true today. One of the things that I learned in the different churches I've been in is that when we made church all about us and we only wanted to prophesy to each other, lay hands on each other, you know, encourage each other, when it was all about us, you know, one thing that did not happen? Unbelievers didn't come to our church services. You know, one of the reasons I love Bethesda Church is because we can get a prophecy and and it be done in order, but we can also see every week that lost people want to be in the presence of God because we're not doing things that are weirding them out. (laughs) Listen, listen, listen. Some people say, well, it's only if the gifts are in operation. That's that's when God is there. Well, I, I beg to differ. 430 people have given their life to Christ this year. That tells me that the Holy Spirit is here that he is drawing people into a relationship with Jesus. So it's not just about us, it's about others. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 40, he said everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. A fitting and orderly way. Meaning that if it ever gets chaotic, if it ever takes the attention off of Christ and puts it on us, then we need to know that's not God. So how do I determine if a gift is genuine? Well, the first thing you give it is the word test. Is there a precedent in Scripture for that gift? Do you see it in the Word of God? The second thing is the work test. And what I mean by the work test is how is that gift or sign helping others? How how is it encouraging others? How is it building others up? Misconception number four, we value gifts differently. We value gifts differently. The Holy Spirit's power and gifts, I want you to get this, His power and gifts are available to every believer. Every believer. Some of us think that the gifts of the Spirit, that's just for the pastor. That's just for the people who stand up here. That's that's for the people who teach God's Word or or preach God's Word. And, And we've really missed out on the fact that the Holy Spirit is for His gifts are for every believer. Look at, this is a beautiful verse. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 6. Paul says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. We think it's all about gifts that are on a stage or on a platform, meaning that if your gift isn't displayed on a public platform, then it's not important. Well, tell that to the person who had somebody visit them in a hospital and received a healing. Tell that to the person who was ready to take their own life and a co-worker operated in a gift of encouragement and encouraged them so that they did not take their own life. Tell that to the family that would not have been able to eat this week, but because somebody operated in a gift of generosity, blessed them with bags of groceries so that they could could be fed for that week. You have to understand that the gifts of the Spirit should be working more so outside of the four walls of a church than inside the four walls of the church why because there are needs all around us there are needs all around us and we need to be we need to understand this gift is for plumbers and businessmen businessmen and salespeople and secretaries and construction workers that if we are sensitive to the holy spirit he will use us in gifts not for ourselves but to help others is this all right today i I want us to see this correctly because a, a lot of times I think we, we see it uh, we, and, and we think it's all about a platform. But I believe that these gifts should be flowing in our lives every single day. Number five, fifth misconception is we don't know our own spiritual gifts. Man, this, uh, let, me, let me say this. If I were the devil, and some of you think, you act like it sometimes, right? I know. Uh, <laughs> but if I were the devil, I would want to confuse the body of Christ about gifts. And the reason I would want to confuse the body of Christ about gifts is because if I can confuse the body of Christ about gifts, I can rob the body of Christ of power. And, and, and he, I hate to ever give the devil credit, but 87% of Christians don't know their gift. 87% of Christians don't know what God has gifted them to do which tells me that we need to figure this out. We we need to understand what God is doing in our life. All across this room right now, there are gifts that remain unopened. Come on, hit your neighbor and say, unwrap your gift. Find out what it is. I mean, unwrap it. Figure out what God has equipped you to do. Romans 12 and 6 says, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. Which means God has not only gifted you, he has graced you. He graces you, which is God's supernatural enablement to do what he's called you to do. He, He has graced you to operate in your gift. But that does you no good if you don't know what your gift is. So how do I discover my gifts? Number one, you have to study the Bible. Figure out what God says about gifts and ask him to show you your gift. How many know God will show us our gift? He will show us our gift. But you got to take time to ask God to look at what the gifts are and and find out what God is doing in your life. Um, There are several passages in the New Testament that list up to 25 spiritual gifts. All right? Ephesians 4, there's a list. Romans 12, you can write those those chapters down. Romans 12 (laughs) provides a list. And 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 provides a list. These gifts are just the starting point. God's gifts are unlimited, all right? Um, These gifts are diverse. These gifts have a specific purpose to them. And many of you have had these gifts in operation. You may not even know it, um, but you've had these gifts in operation in your life. For instance, there are seven gifts listed in Romans 12, Seven gifts, all right? One of the gifts that's mentioned there is the gift of encouragement. Now, this is really cool when you think about that because some of you have been given the gift of encouragement, which means that when you see people down, there is just something about you that you sense the presence of God by simply encouraging someone. And I want to I, I tell you, unleash that gift. If that is a gift that you have, then write an email, send a text, send a note, compliment someone, begin to flow in that gift of encouragement. There's also a gift there listed called serving. And this is interesting because how many believe that we're all called to serve, right? We're all called to serve, but scripture indicates that there are some people who have a gift of service. What does that look like? It looks like there are some people that while they're stacking chairs and mopping a floor, they can sense the presence of God. That they don't need to be seen, they don't need to be complimented, they don't need to be recognized, but they there is something about serving that that causes them to experience God at a deeper level. There's a gift there called hospitality. Hospitality are the people that provide environments that make everybody feel comfortable. We all know somebody that has a gift of hospitality. My parents have the gift of hospitality. Anytime they're with friends, they're, they're always at my parents' house because they have a gift of hospitality. And if you have that gift, if you are capable of providing environments that make people feel comfortable, we need you to lead a group this semester. Come on, church. Open up your house. If you have that gift, you, it doesn't even mean you got to lead the group. Just be the person that says that group can meet at my house because it's easy for me to create an environment that makes everybody feel comfortable. There's a gift of giving listed in Romans 12, and, and, which is cool because some of us struggle with the, with the tithe. Like, you know, that, that's tough. But the gift of giving people, they, they, they give way above a tithe. Like it, it, there is something about giving and being generous that makes them feel close. It's a gift. I know. People, I've heard about people that give ninety percent of their income away and live off ten percent. How many of you understand? That is a gift of giving. That's a gift of generosity. So, so you got to find out what gifts has God given you and begin flowing in that. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter twelve. This these are the this is the list that we get hung up on. Because this is the nine gifts. And the reason we get hung up on these gifts, I think it's a couple different reasons. Because in Romans 12, those gifts are gifts that we just flow in. Okay? Those gifts belong to us. All right. They we just kind of flow in gifts of serving or hospitality. But these gifts in First Corinthians chapter 12, they are a bit more unusual. And Paul says concerning this list. That we don't own these, these gifts, that these nine belong to the Holy Spirit and He distributes them as needed. So we don't own these gifts, but God can use us in any of the nine that are given. Um, and, and here's what I would say about this these nine are not harder or more difficult for the Holy Spirit. I think sometimes we think, well, that, that's gonna be tough. I mean, He's he gonna have to do a miracle we going to have to have some tongues. We're going to have to have some prophecy, right? And we think it's, it's more difficult. But it's not more difficult for the Holy Spirit, and it's not more difficult for believers. All right? You just have to open up your heart. Uh, one of the gifts listed there is a word of knowledge. All right? or Yeah, a word of knowledge. Um, and, and a word of knowledge, a definition for that would simply be, you know something specific without learning by natural means. It means that nobody told you, you didn't read it in a book, you learned it from the Holy Spirit. That's a word of knowledge. I'll give you an example. Karen, she may not remember this, because I, I got this this morning, and the Holy Spirit brought this back to my memory, but we were at a service, I think it was like a youth camp service, and we were dating, all right? We were dating, we're not, not married yet, just dating. We were at a service, and I, I can't, I, to be honest with you, I can't even remember where the service was, but, but I think it was a youth camp service. And there was a lady whom I didn't know, all right, didn't know her, hadn't met her, and and Karen didn't know this lady. And we were not sitting together that service, and we were not even standing together that service. But I can remember this lady, and it's crazy how the Holy Spirit will bring something back to your memory uh, because I'd kind of forgotten about this. But this lady comes and grabs me by the hand. I don't know her. She grabs me and pulls me all the way over here, to where Karen is, and grabs her by the hand, and pulls us together, and makes us join hands, and she begins to speak. All right, I don't know her. she don't know me. She begins to say that God has brought you two together for such a time as this, because as you two become one, God is going to give you a ministry, and the more you two get on the same page, your ministry will explode. We're not even married. I, I can remember that like it's yesterday. And and we're not even married at the time. You know what that was? That was a supernatural word of knowledge. Nobody told her that. She didn't learn that. The Holy Spirit moved. Come on, hit your neighbor and say, These gifts are cool. These gifts are cool. So you see the word of knowledge in that list. You also see, I'm working around my chair. I'm not sitting. I don't know why. Um, (laughs) it's, It's too fun, right? Too much fun. You see miracles listed. Miracles is one of the gifts that we would move in the working of miracles. And a lot of people struggle with miracles because they think, you know, because the definition alone means divine intervention that changes the circumstance. Miracles are instant. Like, it doesn't take a long time. The difference between healing, a lot of people confuse healing and miracles. Healing is a process. Miracles are instant. That's one of the big differences. And I'm all about healing. I could use one in my foot right now. But I'd much rather just take a miracle, right? Not a, not a, not a process, but, but an instant like it's done, it's over. Uh, And and we struggle with that because we think, how how can God show up and just supernaturally turn everything around? And I'm telling you, it's happening all the time. You just don't always recognize it because when God is giving out assignments to angels, I mean, just consider divine protection. When God says, hey, I want you to watch over so-and-so, and the angel says, oh, no, Lord, do you not see how much they text and drive? I mean, there's no way I can keep them safe all the time. But you know what that angel become a guard for you and protected you and there were some accidents that should have happened but come on somebody the holy spirit protected you put a hedge of protection around you so there's miracles that are happening all the time uh first corinthians 12 and 11 says but one and the same spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually as he wills or as needed. So that that simply means we don't own these nine. Like I could never say I own the word of wisdom. I own the word of knowledge. That's not how it works. I can be available for a word of wisdom, available to work in miracles, but I don't own those gifts. The Holy Spirit distributes those as needed. What you need to know is as a believer, God wants to use you in the nine gifts but you have to make yourself available. Some of you are having a hard time. Like, oh, Lord. How many of you in Walmart, you could lay hands on somebody sick and then be healed? Again, I want to go back to the fact I think the gifts should be in more operation outside of here than in here. Because every day there are needs, all right, needs that people have where where the Holy Spirit wants to meet those needs. Um, the second thing, not only study the Bible and ask God to show you your gift, but secondly, take a spiritual gift survey. We offer that the first Sunday and last Sunday of every month in Growth Track. We have, and, and some of you are like, I'm not taking it, it's not a test, it's a survey. You're like, some people are like, I'm not taking that because I don't have any gifts. You have gifts. Every person has gifts, every person has something. That God has equipped you to do, called you to do, and gifted you to do. Number three, take note of what already flows from you. When I thought about gifts, my gifts, um, when when I was growing up, and some of you will relate to this. When I was growing up, like we didn't sit inside and play the iPad all day. Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We we went outside first thing in the morning, and you know what? We didn't come back in until like midnight because when it got dark, we switched from playing basketball, football, and baseball to spotlight. So we were out all day long, you know, and we stunk, by the way. Um, <laughs> but we stayed out all day long, but I can remember being like 12, 13, 14 years old, like when we played basketball, I organized it. I would call everybody, get everybody there. I would set up the brackets for the tournament that we were playing. I, I did all that. And, and what that was was a gift of administration that I was operating in all the way back then. A gift of administration. I, di- I didn't know it at the time. I was just like, I got to get everything together, right? But it, it, it came naturally, naturally to me. Some of you have a gift of wisdom. You don't know why everybody calls you for advice. Let me help you. It's because you have a gift of wisdom, and you need to develop that gift. You need to flow in that gift. Find out what's already flowing from you. Now, let's look at the last misconception. i got to hurry. i got about seven minutes. Y'all okay? Yeah. Number, number six, we think the gifts are for us. That's a misconception. 1 Peter 4 and 10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another, use them well to serve one another. A spiritual gift is a supernatural ability given to all Christians to do God's work on the earth. Gifts from the Holy Spirit are not about supernatural experiences. It's more about supernatural empowerment, that God is empowering you to do something. Look at John chapter 15, starting in verse 26. It says, when the helper comes, talking about the Holy Spirit, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. He will testify about me, and you will testify also. Now, as I'm bringing this to a close, do you know how you reach best friend level in a relationship? How you recognize that you have reached best friend level, is that you start to care about what they care about. If you have a friend that you consider a best friend, it's because it's not just we just talk from time to time. You start caring about what they care about. And That's the way it is with the Holy Spirit. It's not a one-sided where we figure out how he wants to use me and the gifts he has for me. It also means that I'm going to start caring about what the Holy Spirit cares about. and The closest thing to the Holy Spirit's heart is bringing people into a relationship with Jesus. These gifts are not for me. These gifts are for others to bring people into a relationship with Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit's purpose is. So Part of what the Holy Spirit is doing is helping you and I share the gospel, to share our story with other people, to make, to make it a priority to reveal Jesus to other people. Um, and, and maybe God hasn't called you to be a stage gift, right? I have a stage gift, not because I'm great, but God has gifted me to speak to people. All right, but that doesn't make my gift more important than the person whom nobody will ever see operating in their gift. How many know that it's not more important? As long as we're doing what God has called us to do, and we're operating in our gift, then it's pleasing to God, and we should celebrate all the gifts. Now, some people struggle when it comes to sharing the gospel, because the heart of the Holy Spirit is to bring people into relationship with Jesus, and they think to themselves. I'm not, I don't have the gift of evangelism. Well, good thing is because there's no such thing as a gift of evangelism. There's the office of the evangelist who helps us share the gospel, but every person who knows Jesus should be sharing the gospel. So there's no gift of evangelism. I should be sharing the gospel, and the Holy Spirit helps me to do that. Look at this. The Holy Spirit's agenda is, is very clear. Glorify Jesus, all right? That's what the Holy Spirit, if y'all could throw that slide up. Glorify Jesus, a personal relationship with you, reaching lost people, and building the church. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. It's really cool if we would, if we would tap into this relationship and not only become best friends, but, but understand that you have gifts that the Holy Spirit has brought into your life. And you need to discover those gifts and you need to to unwrap those gifts. Come on, hit your neighbor and tell your neighbor, open your gift. Open your gift. Would you stand to your feet today? Two questions at judgment. Think about the end. Think about when you stand before God. There's going to be two major questions. Number one is, is what did you do with Jesus? Jesus. What did you do? He died for you. He took sin upon himself. What did you do with him? Did you accept him into your life? Did you make him your Lord and Savior? The second question is, what did you do with the gifts God gave you? We may have to come and do a series on the eternal rewards. There are eternal rewards that's connected. And some people get mad about this. There are some people that are going to have all kinds of rewards in heaven, and some people are not going to have any think about that. You say, well, that ain't fair. Yeah, it is fair. If you operate in your gift, there'll be some rewards waiting on you when you get to heaven. But if you don't operate in your gifts, you're going to make it in. You're just going to be watching everybody else carry their rewards around. Come on, y'all smile at me just for a minute. So what do you, what did, what'd you do with Jesus? And what did you do with the gifts that God gave you? Would you bow your heads, close your eyes for just a minute? I want to focus just for a second on that, that first question. What did you do with Jesus? Because that is the most important question. If you're in this place under the sound of my voice or you're watching online, I want to ask you right now if you know Jesus. Because that, that is the most important question you will ever answer. Is do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? I want to give you an opportunity, if you can't say that today, I want to give you an opportunity to know Jesus as your personal Savior today. If you're in this place under the sound of my voice or watching online and you don't know Jesus, if you're here right here in this place, if you don't know Jesus and you say, Pastor, I want to know him. I want to invite him into my heart and into my life. I want to know him as my personal Savior and Lord. If that's you today, you know you need to be saved and you want to be saved. If that's you, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, That's me. Thank you for this hand right here. God bless you. Thanks for that one back there. Thanks for this one and this one in the middle too there. I see you. One over here. God bless you. Anyone else? You say, that's me. I need Jesus today. I need Jesus today. I need to be forgiven. If you're watching online, there's a place you can click and you can get saved right there in your living room or bedroom or kitchen, wherever you're watching. But we want to pray with all these hands that just went up. Bethesda. This is the best news of the day. People are coming into a relationship with Jesus. So let's lift up our voice, everybody together. Come on, say it out loud so you're, you can hear it with your own ears. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. Save me today. Thank you so much for your grace. Today. I receive you as my personal Savior. Thank you so much for saving me and changing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, celebrate all those people today. Yeah. That's what it's all about right there. Father, I just thank you right now, God, for what you're doing here at Bethesda Church, for the lives that are being changed. And I thank you for what you're teaching us about the Holy Spirit. God, I just pray very specifically this morning that you would help people to discover the gifts, God, that you have placed on their lives. Help them to open up those gifts, to flow in those gifts. And and God, help us to celebrate all the gifts, God. God, whatever it is that you're doing in the earth, whatever it is you're doing in our church, help us, God, not... Not to just place priority on a certain Uh, group of of gifts, but God to celebrate all the gifts, to to give honor, God, for all the gifts help us to flow in that, to reach more people, to bring people into a relationship with Jesus Christ Holy Spirit, I just say as the shepherd of this house, that you are welcome here to do what you can do, God. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come into this congregation God, to help us to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. God, to flow in words of wisdom and words of knowledge God, the working of miracles. miracles, God, and healings. And God, help us not to keep it in the four walls of a church, but God, to take it to a lost and dying world, God. Help us to be sensitive, Holy Spirit, to what you're saying, God, to our heart, to what you're doing in the earth, God, that we would partner with you, God, to bring people into a relationship with Jesus. We thank you for these gifts, God. God, release them in this house like never before, and we ask it in Jesus' name. And the church said... Amen. Come on, let's give God a praise today. Come on, church. God is good. He's worthy. Gifts from a friend. I'm going to ask my prayer team and staff to come forward. We're going to end with one song, and we just want to pray with you. And who knows? You may get a word of wisdom today. You may get a word of knowledge. How How many could use a healing in your body today? That's all available, available because of the Holy Spirit. So as our prayer team and staff comes and we do this last song, please come and receive prayer. It doesn't matter what your need is. We want to pray with you. Before we pray with people, can we give God the best praise we have all day? Come on. Amen.